0: Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. And the Bible reading today is from Philippians chapter 4 and verses 10 to 20. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is more to be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory. In Christ Jesus. To to our God and Father. Be glory forever and ever. Amen. Well happiness. We we all want to be happy. Alright. I mean if you ask any parent. What they want for their children. uh, uh, For their child. They will say. It it, it doesn't matter. I don't care about anything. As long as my child is happy. Happy. We all want happiness. But during lockdown, it's been really difficult to be, to be happy. And a lot of people are, are struggling with happiness. Uh, We're we, we struggling with anxiety. We're struggling with depression. We're we struggling because, well, we can't go and see the people we want to see. We can't see our family. We, we can't go on the holidays that we've planned. All the things that, that normally bring us happiness seem to be cancelled. And there's a lot of talk, a lot of people talking about mental health and mental well-being. And how can we be happy in lockdown? I can just remember Victoria and I having a conversation a few weeks back about how we were going to cope with winter, how we were going to get through winter uh, when all the things that make winter bearable seem to be cancelled. No Christmas parties, no big family gatherings, no ski holidays, all cancelled. And, and those of you who, who, who know us uh, who, who know us well will know that skiing is a big part of our life. And, uh, you know, Victoria and I met on the ski slopes and, and we did our ski instructor course together. Now, all cancelled. And it kind of reminds me of... Uh the the quote from C. S. Lewis's The Line The Witch and, and The Wardrobe which which says It is winter in Narnia always winter but never Christmas And it kind of feels like we're in we're in Narnia So how can we be happy in lockdown? Can we experience mental well-being during lockdown? Within this passage, Paul gives us some principles on how to achieve true happiness. And and first of all, we need to realize that Paul is writing this letter from prison. Uh, Paul is is writing, while he writes to the Philippians, he's, he's in prison. So he is in lockdown. He's under house arrest. He's unable to go out and see people. He's unable to go to work and continue his ministry and and so on. So he knows how you're feeling. And the reason he writes this letter to the church in Philippi is because he's just received this very generous gift from them, which a a guy by the name of Epaphroditus has brought. And so we read in, in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 14 to 15, It was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the Gospels, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. And so what we discover over here is that this is not the first time Paul has received a gift from the church in Philippi. In fact, ever since the church was formed in and, and planted in Lydia's house, they have been financially supporting Paul. And you can read all about it in Acts chapter 16, how, how Paul went to Philippi and he shared the gospel with this group of women. And, and they put their faith in Jesus and then they planted a church in Lydia's house. And Paul didn't receive money from anyone else except from this church. You see, Paul had a principle of not receiving money or asking for money from churches that he had planted. There were many uh, traveling preachers and philosophers who would go around and you had to pay to hear them. And Paul didn't want to be equated with them. Uh, A lot of them were crooks and treats. And The other reason was he didn't want people to think that he was just in it for the money. But most important, he wanted the gospel to be free of charge. He wanted it to be available to everyone, even the poor, not just the wealthy. And so he didn't receive financial gifts from any of these churches except from the church in Philippi. Now, now why did he make an exception for the church in Philippi? Well, we don't really know, but one scholar made the suggestion that the woman in Philippi simply wouldn't take no for an answer. Now, there there, there isn't a lot of textual support for this theory, but from personal experience, I find it quite plausible. And so once again, Paul has received a, 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 a gift from them. This time it seems to be a really generous gift. And so he writes to them to thank them for the gift and to teach them and us about true happiness. So firstly, true happiness is found in a caring community. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10, I rejoice greatly, in other words, I'm really happy in the Lord, that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Because Paul was in prison, because Paul was in lockdown, they weren't able to see Paul. They weren't able to send Paul any aid or gifts until this point. And so Paul must have been doubting whether they were still concerned about him, whether they still cared about him. But now that he's received this gift, he comes to the realization that they have always been and they've remained genuinely genuinely concerned about him. And so he rejoices. He rejoices greatly, not because of the money, but because of what the money symbolizes, the money demonstrated to him that they had always been genuinely concerned about him. You see, true happiness is not found in money. It's found in being part of a community of friends who take a genuine interest in and a genuine concern for you and for each other. And this is a core value at ABC. We are a community that continually strives to develop authentic relationships where we can take a genuine interest in and a genuine concern for each other. And that's why we encourage everyone to be part of a life group, One of our small groups where you're able to develop these authentic relationships, where you're able to do life and faith together, where you're able to pray for each other and you're able to develop a genuine concern for each other. And during lockdown, it's been really difficult to meet up and to see each other. And so I've been so encouraged the way the life groups have found new ways to connect on Zoom, by phoning each other, by meeting in the parks and so on. I've also been really encouraged the way people have been supporting each other on ABC online. For true happiness, it's not found in money, but it's found by being part of a community that takes a genuine concern and an interest in each other. So do continue to model a caring community. Secondly, true happiness is found in in contentment. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 11 to 12, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And so Paul is effectively saying that he doesn't need money uh, in order to be happy because he has learned the secret of being content in every situation. Now, we live in a world uh, that is continually telling us that the way to happiness is having what you want. You know, all our commercials, be they on TV, in a magazine, on a billboard, are effectively saying, buy this latest gadget and you will be happy. And so I often find myself thinking, well, if only I had a little bit more money. You know, if only I had a new surfboard. If only I had the, the latest iPad or iPhone, or if only I could go on one more summer holiday or one more ski holiday, then I will be happy. Uh, there's a story of a of a little boy who, who desperately, desperately wanted a scale electric tra- train set for his birthday. And so he pestered and pestered and pestered his parents until finally on his birthday, uh, and he unwrapped his present there. Was the scale electric train set? He he was so excited. Uh, his dad helped him to to uh, build the, the little train set and set it up. And then soon he had his trains going around the track, and he he was playing with his trains for hours and hours, happy and content. But then something happened. Oh, it didn't break. Uh, if it had broken, that they, they would they could fix it something far worse happened. He got bored. I mean, there's only so many times you can watch those trains go round and round. He suddenly got bored. It failed to satisfy him anymore. And so he wanted something more. You see, there's a myth that having what you want will bring happiness, but it never will. It will never satisfy you. You will always want something else and then something else. You see, contentment is not having what you want. It's wanting what you have. I'll say that again. Contentment is not having what you want, but wanting what you have. How are we able to want what we have if we we don't have much? How are we able to be content in every situation? Well, the secret to contentment is to realize that contentment doesn't come from our circumstances. It doesn't come from our possessions, our gadgets. It comes from within. Paul says in verse 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. This verse has often been taken out of, out of context as some kind of triumphalistic promise from God that you can achieve anything you want. And I can remember as a young Christian often quoting this verse before uh, surfing competitions uh, as if this was going to help me win, uh, as if this was what Paul was talking about. I mean, is this what Paul's talking about? Me winning surfing competitions? Well, of course not. What Paul means when he says, I can do everything, he means I can be content in every situation. That's why the updated NIV's translation is slightly more accurate when it says, Paul says, I can do all this. I can do all this. I can be content in all circumstances, whether well-fed or hungry. I can do all of this. Why? Why? Why can he do this? Why can he be content in all circumstances? It's because of Jesus. Because Jesus gives him strength. It's because of his relationship with Jesus that God strengthens him and enables him to be content in all situations. He enables him to want what he has. The third way, the third thing to uh, be a, a true happiness is by being thankful and grateful. We read in verse 18, Paul says, I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. He's, he's extremely grateful. He's grateful for the gifts he's received. He's he's still in prison. He's still suffering, but he's grateful. He's thankful. See, rather than focusing on, on all the things he doesn't have, rather than focusing on the fact that he's still in prison and becoming resentful, he, he focuses on what he does have and he becomes grateful. And it's it's a it's a choice we need to make. Are you going to be resentful or grateful? Are you going to focus on all the things you don't have? Are you going to focus on your your neighbor's nice car and be resentful? Or are you going to focus on, on the fact that most people don't have cars and you're going to be thankful? Are you going to focus on all the restrictions of, of lockdown and, and become resentful and bitter? Or are you going to focus on all your blessings? And be grateful. Fourthly, true happiness comes from being generous. We've already seen how the the, the church in Philippi has been partnering with Paul ever since the beginning. And they've been so generous in supporting him financially. And now they've just given him this another very generous gift. Now, I'm more of a saver than a spender. Victoria is more of a spender. I'm more of a saver. And so, as a saver... It's quite easy for me to say, okay, so I'm not gonna, you know, believe that I need to have things in order to be happy. I'm I'm just gonna be content with what I have. I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna want what I have, but what I do as a saver then is I simply put my money in the bank. I might not be buying more stuff to make myself happy, so I just put it in the bank. What challenges me in this passage as a saver is the Philippians generosity. Their continual generous support of Paul to support him in the work of a church planter. Their their continuous generous support of supporting Paul whenever he's in financial need. How generous are you in supporting the work of the church and helping people who are in poverty? The Guardian newspaper claims that the research done by Michael Norton, a professor at Harvard Business School that was first published in the journal Science, proves that spending money on others or giving to charity puts a bigger smile on your face than buying things for yourself. When we fail to be generous, we're actually robbing ourselves of happiness. And Paul basically says the same thing in Philippians chapter 7, sorry, in chapter 4 and verse 17. He he uses a metaphor from from accounting and he says, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be accredited to your account. And what he's effectively saying is that their generosity is earning a very healthy interest and profit for them (laughs) in the eyes of God. Paul basically says the same thing in verse 18, but this time using a metaphor from the Old Testament sacrifices. And he says, they, referring to the uh, the, the gifts that they've given, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Just as God is pleased when someone brings a sacrifice to the temple, so God is pleased by their generosity that flows out of their genuine concern for Paul and flows out of their devotion to God. You see, when we are generous, we receive the blessing of knowing that we are helping other people. And, And we receive the blessing of knowing that God is pleased with us. And that's why Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you want to experience true happiness in your life? Then ensure that you're part of a a community that takes a genuine interest in and a genuine concern for each other. Learn to be content. In every situation, learn to want what you have. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. And develop a spirit of generosity. And then you'll be able to claim the promise that Paul himself knew to be true. And we read in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Take note that it doesn't say that my God will meet all your wants. It doesn't say that. But nor does it say that my God will meet some or even most of your needs. It doesn't say that either. It says my God will meet all of your needs, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Perhaps you, you're struggling with a lack of contentment, with a lack of uh, mental well-being at the moment. If that's the case, can I encourage you to meditate on this verse every day, first thing in the morning? Allow the truth of this verse to sink in my God will meet all of my needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that a lot of us are struggling with a lack of happiness, a lack of contentment, We feel so uneasy and just struggling with anxiety and depression. And as we look at a very dark, wet, gloomy winter, we're filled with dread. But Father, we thank you that in you we can find happiness. We can rejoice. Father, we thank you that within you we can find a community that is genuinely concerned with us. And it's within that community that we can find happiness. That we can be content with what we have. Because you strengthen us through our relationship with you. You will give us the strength and enable us to do that. Father, won't you make us more thankful. Help us to focus on all the good things. We've got so much to rejoice in. Help us to focus on all the blessings we have. And Father, help us to be generous. Help us to reach out with Generosity and compassion on others. The Father, for all this, we need your Holy Spirit's help. Create within us that generosity, that thankfulness, that contentment. And help us to form that community. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at uk